Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. It's been an interesting week, and last night, there were two. You know, there was a there was an episode yesterday, and then the wee hours of today, I put out another episode where I just went freeform on everyone. But, 104 years ago... Someone was born in New York. She was born in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, New York. Lena Mary Calhoun Horn, June 30th, 1917. Lived until May 9th, 2010, age 92. Singer, dancer, actress, activist. Icon. Incomparable. She was a civil rights activist. She was a singer. She was a movie star. Her career spanned over 70 years. At age 16, her mother pulled her out of school so that she could work at the Cotton Club, a nightclub performing um, for, I mean, it was back in the day. She took play, She took part in the March on Washington in 1963. In, the 19, in 1980, she did a woman, woman show, Lena Horn, The Lady and Her Music, which ran for more than 300 performances on Broadway. She then toured the country in the show, earning numerous awards and accolades. Horn continued recording and performing sporadic, sporadically into the 1990s, retreating from the public eye in 2000. Horn died of congestive heart failure on May 9th, 2010 at the age of 92 she outlived many of her contemporaries Lena Horne always said something very interesting about her singing she said she could fake it because she was young and she was cute and it wasn't until she was around musicians that she got exposed to music. She said everything she learned, she learned from them. And I thought, yeah, I mean, she was on A Different World. She was on Sanford and Son, The Rosie O'Donnell Show, The Judy Garland Show. She was everywhere. She was an icon. She was in The Wiz. So much of what she did... brought the doors down. In fact, so much so that Halle Berry mentions Lena Horne in her Oscar-winning speech in 2002. No black actress has won that Oscar since. Here we go. Not impressed because I didn't want to be in California. I didn't want to be. I hadn't thought about the movies. And uh, so the next day, I called and said, Would I come in? And I said, I can't come right now. I have to get my father. So I went with my father, who came in from Pittsburgh on the airplane. And we sort of laughingly went to, to the studios. <laughs> 
never dreaming, in fact, fighting terribly against it, my father was, never dreaming about the movies, and so they took me into audition for Arthur Freed, and there I ran into Vincent Minnelli, who met me in New York, and he said, oh, you've got to stay here, and it took me to Mr. Mayer, and uh, I auditioned him. in Hollywood and I had said that last night that there's a really beautiful documentary made in 1996 called in her own words or in her own voice Lena Horne released to PBS uh, for American Masters and a gentleman said he would describe her Hollywood career as aborted she was a black woman in a white man's town and that's true that's true it's sad What a career. First film was The Duke's. The Duke is, well, actually, no, Cap Calloway's Jitterbug Party in 1935, short subject. The Duke is Tops, 1938, Panama Hattie, and Cabin in the Sky with Vincent Minnelli in 1943, which is kind of a Faustian story. So this career, I mean, oh my God. You know, first and foremost, her singing is what people remember. Especially from the film Stormy Weather, the title song. 
stormy weather. We need some rain right now, so I'm just throwing that in there. In 1944, she was signed by Metro Golden Mayor and it featured in an episode a popular radio series, Suspense, as a fictional nightclub singer with a large speaking role along with her singing. In 1945 and 1946, she sang with Billy Eckstein's orchestra. She made her debut at Metro Golden Mayor in Panama Hattie and performed the title song of Stormy Weather in the film based on the life of Adelaide Hall for the 20th Century Fox while on loan from MGM. She appeared on several MGM musicals, including Cabin in the Sky, with an all-African-American cast. She was otherwise not featured in the leading role because of her race and the fact that the films were required to be re-edited for showing in cities where theaters would not show films with black performers. As a result, most of Horn's film appearances were standalone sequences and had no bearing on the rest of the film, so editing caused no disruption to the storyline. One number number from Cabin in the Sky was cut before release because it was considered too suggestive by the censors. Horn singing Ain't It the Truth while taking a bat- bubble bath. The scene was show- uh, and song are featured in the films That's Entertainment 3. Lena Horn was the first African American elected to serve on the Screen Actors Guild Board of Directors. She was in Zigfold Follies, Zigfield. She performed Love by Hugh and Martin and Ralph Blaine. Horn lobbied for the role of Julie Laverne in MGM's version of Showboat, having already played the role when a segment of the showboat was performed till the clouds rolled by, but lost the part to Ava Gardner, a friend in real life. Horn claimed this was due to the production code's ban on interracial relationships in films. Although MGM sources stated she was never considered for the role, in the documentary That's Entertainment 3, Horn stated that MGM executives required Gardner to practice her singing using Horn's recordings, which offended both actresses. Ultimately, Gardner's voice was overdubbed by actress Annette Warren Smith for the theatrical release. So see, that's what happened to her in Hollywood. She was also in later on in Death of a Gunfighter. Her first straight dramatic role with no reference to her color. She later appeared on screen two more times as Gilda in The Wiz in 1978, which was directed by her then son-in-law, Sidney Lumet, and co-hosting the MGM retrospective That's Entertainment 3, in which she related her unkind treatment by the studio. In 1958, Horn became the first African-American woman to be nominated for a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical for her part in the Calypso musical Jamaica, which at Horn's request featured her longtime friend, Adelaide Hall. Mm. Civil rights activism. When she went to the March of Washington, she got up. Said, well, I'll let her. I'll let her say it because it's such a moment, such an iconic moment. And yeah, I'm at a loss for words when it comes to Lena Horn. And I, and I thank her daughter, Gail Lamont Buckley, who has kept her 
Legacy alive. I don't know if I can find that clip. Let's see. She would sing a song, maybe two, and she'd disappear. And uh, the studio could cut those scenes out if they felt experiences in the South. Only Weather was her signature song, and she kicked up a storm as a performer and a civil rights activist. Born in Brooklyn in 1970. Yep. So what happened? I can't find it. So what happens is she gets up to the podium and goes, Freedom! Yeah. And then she did a concert for her good friend, Medgar Evers, where she sang this little light of mine. And unfortunately, soon after, he was assassinated. And so the 60s for her were a watershed period. And she lost her husband and her son in the 70s. And that's when she really started to feel the music which would become the lady in her music. And in the documentary, Lena Horne, her own voice, it's on YouTube if you look for it, Lena Horne documentary. She talks about how she took the pain from all those losses in her life and the treatment that she suffered in Hollywood and put it into the show and into her vocals. And she was, I mean, the blues, woo! And you know, early on she didn't want to do it. She didn't know how to do the blues. And people were like, you know, learn to sing like Billie Holiday. And so she went to Billie Holiday and she said, they want me to sing the blues and I don't know how to sing them. And she's, and Billie Holiday says, you got two babies, you gotta pay your rent, sing the song, yeah. <laughs> she was right. <sighs> There's a really... My grandmother loved this part where we were watching the documentary and Lena Horne, she's talking about the stormy weather and she, this is how she does it. She's like, it's taken me 40 some odd years to grow comfortable to the song. My skin has grown around it. And no matter where I got it or how I got it, I'm allowed to sing it. And she just started singing Stormy Weather. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was her truth. She won a Grammy for it. A special Tony. Mm. What an icon. What an icon. I am so... First of all, and it doesn't hurt. She was really beautiful. She was beautiful inside and out, and you can see that. Anytime she would talk to people, she was really kind. And I can kind of see why she didn't like, not everyone's nice in Hollywood, you know? Not everyone's nice. And I thought, let's end this. I I always loved the Rosie O'Donnell show. I always wanted to go visit the show, and I should have, when she had Lena Horne on in the 90s, which was such an awesome time.
just on you. So it was you, and you looked away. Yeah, I prefer not to see myself. Really? I, I want to be Aretha Franklin. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you want to be Aretha? You want to sing like her? Like her yeah. You do. All my, all my man. Since I first heard. Right. Yeah. She's incredible. I bet you Aretha Franklin wants to sound like you. Yes, I have to do it. She said, you have to pay. 
Trailblazer. Can't say that a lot. Today I was watching a live Instagram with uh, a young country singer, the guy from Florida, George Line. And this guy says to him, You're a legend. And I I stopped watching and I thought, You're not a legend. You're you're still in your prime. You don't call him a legend until he's like 106. Get real. 
You know, it's like when they call Beyonce a legend. Wait until you reach Lena Horne's age, okay? Then we can call you a legend. But you're too young for that. You gotta earn it. And and I understand you've worked hard. A lot of people have worked hard, but Lena Horne, come on, didn't get any better than that. So Lena Horne, happy birthday wherever you are. 104 years, unpleasant dreams.